Welcome to Immerse Kingdoms, reading for week three, day 11. Immersed in Judges The book of Judges describes the period in Israel's history between its conquest of the Promised Land and the anointing of the nation's first king. With each new generation, one question keeps appearing. Will Israel remain committed to its covenant relationship with God? In answering this crucial question, the book of Judges expresses two themes. It shows that Israel has a recurring problem with idolatry and turning away from God. And it makes the case that the nation would benefit from having a single, strong leader, particularly one from the tribe of Judah. The status of God's covenant bond with His people is a central concern throughout the Bible. At this point in the story, the book of Judges seems to suggest that Israel could be led into more faithful covenant-keeping by a strong and worthy king. The three major sections in the book's literary structure help to make a case for a monarchy in Israel. The brief opening part of the book centers on the question of Israel's loyalty to God and to the covenant after Joshua's death. Will the people follow God's instructions? Will they take full possession of the land? In a pattern that repeats throughout the book, Israel falls short of God's plan and then suffers the inevitable consequences. The second and largest part of the book tells the story of twelve judges, or rescuers, chosen by God to rescue Israel from its enemies. The number matches the number of Israel's tribes and seems designed to show that the nation will remain in disunity and confusion if it relies on temporary leaders who only arise to deal with an immediate crisis. There is a pronounced pattern in the accounts of the judges a dismal cycle in which Israel fails to keep its covenant with God, falls under God's judgment, and cries out in distress, after which God raises up a rescuer to save them. The cycle repeats again and again, showing that Israel's present status as a tribal confederation is not helping it fulfill its covenant calling in the world the people continually forget their identity as God's chosen people and fail to demonstrate through their lives that God is their king. The individual stories of Israel's judges are interesting in their own right. In the accounts of leaders like Gideon, Deborah, Samson, and others, we read stories of doubt, military cunning, decisive action, and God's sovereignty as he works for his people in spite of their compromises and moral failures. But it has become clear that Israel needs a new kind of leader to unify the tribes in faithful covenant obedience to God. The third and final section of Judges focuses on two stories of unimaginable moral failure and disaster, demonstrating the desperate need for change in Israel. It is noted at both the beginning and end of these stories that in those days Israel had no king. All the people did whatever seemed right in their own eyes. Thus, the overall argument of the book of Judges proposes that the nation needs not merely individuals, but an institution, 
the kingship to protect it and help it to remain faithful to the Lord. Specifically, the book has David's royal line in mind. At both the beginning and the end of Judges, the Israelites ask God which tribe should lead them into battle. God answers, Judah is to go first. The placement of these episodes is designed to confirm that God's choice to rule over Israel is the line of David from the tribe of Judah. In contrast, the tribe of Israel's first king, Saul, the tribe of Benjamin, is frequently shown in a negative light. Israel is to have a king, but not just any king. Since Israel has rejected the Lord as king, an adequate human king will have to lead the people to faithfully worship and honor God. This brings the story of Israel to the point where God is ready to make his fourth covenant, establishing David as king of Israel and founder of a royal dynasty. The Book of Judges After the death of Joshua, the Israelites asked the Lord, Which tribe should go first to attack the Canaanites? The Lord answered, Judah, for I have given them victory over the land. The men of Judah said to their relatives from the tribe of Simeon, Join with us to fight against the Canaanites living in the territory allotted to us. Then we will help you conquer your territory. So the men of Simeon went with Judah. When the men of Judah attacked, the Lord gave them victory over the Canaanites and Perizzites, and they killed ten thousand enemy warriors at the town of Bezek. While at Bezek, they encountered King Adonai Bezek and fought against him, and the Canaanites and Perizzites were defeated. Adonai Bezek escaped, but the Israelites soon captured him and cut off his thumbs and big toes. Adonai Bezek said, I once had seventy kings with their thumbs and big toes cut off, eating scraps from under my table. Now God has paid me back for what I did to them. They took him to Jerusalem, and he died there. The men of Judah attacked Jerusalem and captured it, killing all its people and setting the city on fire. Then they went down to fight the Canaanites living in the hill country, the Negev, and the western foothills. Judah marched against the Canaanites and Hebron, formerly called Kiriath Arba, defeating the forces of Shishai, Ahiman, and Talmai. From there they went to fight against the people living in the town of Deber, formerly called Kiriath Sefer. Caleb said, I will give my daughter Aksa in marriage to the one who attacks and captures Kiriath Sefer. Othniel, the son of Caleb's younger brother, Kenaz, was the one who conquered it. So Aksa became Othniel's wife. When Aksa married Othniel, she urged him to ask her father for a field. As she got down off her donkey, Caleb asked her, What's the matter? She said, let me have another gift. You have already given me land in the Negev. Now please give me springs of water, too. So Caleb gave her the upper and lower springs. When the tribe of Judah left Jericho, the city of Palms, the Kenites, who were descendants of Moses' father-in-law, traveled with them into the wilderness of Judah. They settled among the people there, near the town of Arad, in the Negev. Then Judah joined with Simeon, to fight against the Canaanites living in Zephath, and they completely destroyed the town. 
so the town was named Horma. In addition, Judah captured the towns of Gaza, Ashkelon, and Ekron, along with their surrounding territories. The Lord was with the people of Judah, and they took possession of the hill country. But they failed to drive out the people living in the plains who had iron chariots. The town of Hebron was given to Caleb as Moses had promised. And Caleb drove out the people living there, who were descendants of the three sons of Anak. The tribe of Benjamin, however, failed to drive out the Jebusites, who were living in Jerusalem. So to this day, the Jebusites live in Jerusalem among the people of Benjamin. The descendants of Joseph attacked the town of Bethel, and the Lord was with them. They sent men to scout out Bethel, formerly known as Luz. They confronted a man coming out of the town and said to him, Show us a way into the town, and we will have mercy on you. So he showed them a way in, and they killed everyone in the town except that man and his family. Later the man moved to the land of the Hittites, where he built a town. He named it Luz, which is its name to this day. The tribe of Manasseh failed to drive out the people living in Bethshan, Taanach, Dor, Iblium, Megiddo, and all their surrounding settlements, because the Canaanites were determined to stay in that region. When the Israelites grew stronger, they forced the Canaanites to work as slaves, but they never did drive them completely out of the land. The tribe of Ephraim failed to drive out the Canaanites living in Gezer, so the Canaanites continued to live there among them. The tribe of Zebulun failed to drive out the residents of Kitron and Nahalal, so the Canaanites continued to live among them. But the Canaanites were forced to work as slaves for the people of Zebulun. The tribe of Asher failed to drive out the residents of Akko, Sidon, Alab, Axib, Helba, Aphek, and Rehob. Instead, the people of Asher moved in among the Canaanites who controlled the land, for they failed to drive them out. Likewise, the tribe of Naphtali failed to drive out the residents of Beth Shemesh and Beth Anath. Instead, they moved in among the Canaanites who controlled the land. Nevertheless, the people of Beth Shemesh and Beth Anath were forced to work as slaves for the people of Naphtali. As for the tribe of Dan, the Amorites forced them back into the hill country and would not let them come down into the plains. The Amorites were determined to stay in Mount Herez, Ajalon, and Shealbim. But when the descendants of Joseph became stronger, they forced the Amorites to work as slaves. The boundary of the Amorites ran from Scorpion Pass to Selah and continued upward from there. The angel of the Lord went up from Gilgal to Bochim and said to the Israelites, I brought you out of Egypt into this land that I swore to give your ancestors, and I said I would never break my covenant with you. For your part, you were not to make any covenants with the people living in this land. Instead, you were to destroy their altars. But you disobeyed my command. Why did you do this? So now I declare that I will no longer drive out the people living in your land. They will be thorns in your sides and their gods will be a constant temptation to you. When the angel of the Lord finished speaking to all the Israelites, the people wept loudly. So they called the place Bokim, which means weeping, and they offered sacrifices there to the Lord. After Joshua sent the people away, 
each of the tribes left to take possession of the land allotted to them. And the Israelites served the Lord throughout the lifetime of Joshua and the leaders who outlived him, those who had seen all the great things the Lord had done for Israel. Joshua, son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died at the age of one hundred and ten. They buried him in the land he had been allocated, at Timnath-Sirah, in the hill country of Ephraim, north of Mount Gaash. After that generation died, another generation grew up who did not acknowledge the Lord or remember the mighty things he had done for Israel. The Israelites did evil in the Lord's sight and served the images of Baal. They abandoned the Lord, the God of their ancestors, who had brought them out of Egypt. They went after other gods, worshipping the gods of the people around them. And they angered the Lord. They abandoned the Lord to serve Baal and the images of Ashtoreth. This made the Lord burn with anger against Israel, so he handed them over to raiders who stole their possessions. He turned them over to their enemies all around, and they were no longer able to resist them. Every time Israel went out to battle, the Lord fought against them, causing them to be defeated, just as he had warned, and the people were in great distress. Then the Lord raised up judges to rescue the Israelites from their attackers. Yet Israel did not listen to the judges, but prostituted themselves by worshipping other gods. How quickly they turned away from the path of their ancestors, who had walked in obedience to the Lord's commands. Whenever the Lord raised up a judge over Israel, he was with that judge and rescued the people from their enemies throughout the judge's lifetime. For the Lord took pity on his people, who were burdened by oppression and suffering. But when the judge died, the people returned to their corrupt ways, behaving worse than those who had lived before them. They went after other gods, serving and worshipping them, and they refused to give up their evil practices and stubborn ways. So the Lord burned with anger against Israel. He said, Because these people have violated my covenant, which I made with their ancestors, and have ignored my commands, I will no longer drive out the nations that Joshua left unconquered when he died. I did this to test Israel, to see whether or not they would follow the ways of the Lord as their ancestors did. That is why the Lord left those nations in place. He did not quickly drive them out or allow Joshua to conquer them all. These are the nations that the Lord left in the land to test those Israelites who had not experienced the wars of Canaan. He did this to teach warfare to generations of Israelites who had no experience in battle. These are the nations. The Philistines, those living under the five Philistine rulers. All the Canaanites, the Sidonians, and the Hivites living in the mountains of Lebanon from Mount Baal Hermon to Lebohamoth. These people were left to test the Israelites, to see whether they would obey the commands the Lord had given to their ancestors through Moses. So the people of Israel lived among the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites, and they intermarried with them. Israelite sons married their daughters, and Israelite daughters were given in marriage to their sons, and the Israelites served their gods. This concludes today's Immerse Reading Experience. 
Thank you for joining us.